Welcome to Holding Center, a podcast created to help you own and hold center stage, not only on show day, but also in your life. I'm your host, Ashley Markham, owner of Myo Strength, and joined with me is my co-host, Ashley Spoker, owner of B&B Fit. Let's hold center. Yo, what's up, Spokes? I like your braids. You're like hippie long stocking over there. Thanks, because my hair is nasty. Uh, it's been like two weeks since I washed it and I don't have shampoo. So, because um, I, yeah, like we just talked about this, but I only wash my hair twice a month. And so I don't buy shampoo often. It's not on my grocery list or shopping list. So I went to go wash it and it was out. It was definitely out. Um, so I had dirty hair for Easter, um, but Easter was great with my family. So no one commented on how dirty my hair was because we were too busy to fatten it up. But that's, that's pretty much my thing. So this week I'm going to focus on washing my hair. It's my only goal for me. That's but right, awesome. how's your week? How's your Easter? How's life? How was your birthday? Oh my God, dude, my birthday was a disaster. My poor husband, I he planned all of these things for me and just nothing worked out the way he had planned. And I cried for him. Like I had such a good weekend because I just got to spend quality time with him. And we were able to laugh and joke about like how much of a disaster it was, but like just nothing went his way. And so I was like, you know, baby, next year, like all I want is just a coffee date downtown and where we like get coffee, we walk around, we go like see the ocean like near the battery in Charleston. And we just like talk like that. That to me is how I feel the most loved. And when we did that on Monday, like that was the best time ever. And so like, I'm really good at planning surprises for him for his birthday and anniversaries and stuff like that. And he really needs that, but I don't need surprise. I just want quality time. And so, although it was a disaster, it was still just, <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. Because we just, all we did was laugh. All you could do is laugh. Which is like awesome too, because, you know, a lot of people do get super tripped up in that things when the plan starts to fall apart, but like your plan that like didn't go the way that it was, was so out of your control, unfortunately, you know, like it wasn't anything you guys could do to fix it. <laughs> um, so, you know, the fact that, you know, he tried, you still had a really good time. You still felt really loved. That's all that matters. And then you still ended up getting to have like a really, really great coffee date. Exactly. Exactly. That's all that matters. All I want to do is love on him and he wants to love on me. And that's the important thing of our relationship. Oh yeah, dude, that's, that's the biggest thing. And people, you know, usually botch their relationships because they don't understand that, but um, enough about relationships here. We have a very, very special guest for you guys today and a really awesome topic with us today. We have IFBB pro Meg Santa Barbara. Welcome. Welcome to our podcast, Meg. Thanks. Happy to be here. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm a little tired. Uh, not going to lie. I have not been getting the best sleep, but I'm doing well. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on the podcast and just being able to share with us kind of like your story. So can you kind of dive into kind of like who you are, talk about like your like turning pro, your competitive career as an IFBB pro, and then we'll obviously dive into our topic today of intentional atrophy. Yeah. So like you said, like I'm an IFBB pro. I began competing. My first show was in 2017. I competed in two regional shows that year and also went to nationals. I've competed in figure my entire competitive career. And I think the first time I was at nationals, I placed fifth. And mm -hmm. then the following year, I went back to nationals junior nationals and that's where I won my pro card so then after that I took about two years off from the stage and I made my pro debut in figure 
uh, at the Tampa Pro, and I actually ended up placing dead last, the lowest placing that you can get, like just 16th, where everybody is just like 16, 16, 16. I was like the last 16. So my feedback from that show was, you know, you're too big. You need to move up to women's physique. And I was like, fuck, because, you know, your passion was for figure. And then to be told that it's like, just like a stab in the heart. I was like, shit. Okay. So I started to kind of like turn into like, okay, I'll try out women's physique. But by that time, like it was 2020, I was competing in COVID era. So the prep was just long and obnoxious already. So I decided to pull out of prep actually, and just kind of call it a quits there because I was struggling. I mean, in my past, if I don't know who is really listening, but I did struggle with an eating disorder coming up through my uh, dancing career and then transitioning into bodybuilding. I still struggled occasionally, but definitely this prep, just the length of it, it just started to get to me mentally. And I did struggle towards the end with like just an eating disorder relapse. So I was like, okay, it's probably best to, you know, pull it, hang up the heels for a little bit. And that's actually 20, yeah, 2020 is when I kind of stopped working with my coach then, which is Jason Theobald, who's my boss with Team Scooby Prep. Uh, and then I just kind of like did my own thing. Around spring 2021 is when I began to kind of look into the wellness category because I kind of started coming into circulation in the US at least, like around COVID era. Um, so I started to adjust my training. Like I think at the time I was doing like two days of legs and three upper. And then I switched that to two upper days and two lower days. And I know I dieted down until about September of that year, just to see like what I would look like. And then, you know, stress was school. So I'll kind of get into that. Like I was in a doctorate program. I recently just graduated in December with my doctorate of chiropractic. Um, but yeah, the stress of school and life in 2021, it just kind of picked up with me and I just got frustrated. So I just kind of took a break from the whole bodybuilding lifestyle. And I actually stopped really doing anything from October, 2021 up until probably like summer of October or sorry, summer of 2022. Um, yeah. And then from that time, I took the break from bodybuilding, tried different means of fitness. I even like tried running. Like I don't run. Like what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> but I tried it. <laughs> I could run a 5k. That was cool. Um, but yeah, running's not my thing. So stop that. Um, but I did take a break from like just everything, like tracking my macros, everything. And then I did, I had a surgery, like I had to get my breast augmentation done again, uh, June, 2022. So I had to stop training upper body right. completely. And then I was like, okay, well, I want to shift gears to wellness. So mm -hmm. I just continued with not training upper body. And then I'd say probably like August of last year is when I began really focusing 
on training again in a bodybuilding sense. And then I actually began tracking my food again in December. So it feels like so weird saying that, that I took off that amount of time from an actual rigid, like macros training and all that. But I think it was super important just for my mental clarity and like regaining my passion around bodybuilding. So I'm happy to say that I am fully immersed in the bodybuilding world again. And I definitely have plans on competing in wellness next year. Um, Scared shitless, but I'm, I'm excited. (laughs) That's incredible. I actually want to talk more about that because it's interesting you brought that up because it was my birthday and Easter over the past weekend. And my husband had, thank you. I appreciate that. My husband had a Friday and Monday off. And so I was like, Mm -hmm. listen, still my coach, Austin Stout. I was like, I want just, I was, I don't want to track. Like, I just want to be a person. Mm -hmm. And like, I checked in with him on Tuesday and Tuesday Ash was like, oh yeah, I'm not going to track and it's going to be great. I'm going to feel so free. And then Friday came and I'm like, Mm. what the fuck? Like I've tracked my food since I was 16. And obviously that Mm. I turned 27. So 11 years of my fitness pal. Right. Yeah. And then I'm like, I literally, like, I just like kind of stood there on the kitchen. Like, what the fuck do I do? Like, I know how to eat. Like, I know how to put meals together, but it's like the art of not tracking. Like it was so stressful because I was uncomfortable and it was new. And I I struggled. I struggled the entire weekend, but thankfully I have a very loving husband where I was able to share with him my struggles and talk through Mm -hmm. things because he's not a bodybuilder. He does train, he does track his macros, but like, he's still a freaking human being. He's still a person, you know? And so I was asking him, I was like, how do you know when enough is enough? Like when, like, cause for me, it's like, I could eat in the entire thing in my fridge. I don't want to, but I could, you know, cause I used to be morbidly obese. So I have mm-hmm. the capacity to be a fat girl. You know what I'm saying? Um, but for you to have almost a year off of not tracking and then really not even living the lifestyle, like how was it from beginning to end? Like kind of explain like, you know, either your struggle or maybe like I said, more of the clarity you received after taking that break. Yeah. So, I mean, I knew just how I was feeling mentally and physically from that prep that I needed to change something. And at first it was like, I was turning to food in like an emotional sense and I wasn't able to stick to my macros. I was like going on binge periods and then I would restrict and then kept up with that cycle. And then, you know, just my eating disorder tendencies, they just kind of crept in more and more. So I was like, okay, I just need to literally toss the food scale. Don't step on the weight scale and just kind of focus on regaining like how to fucking eat like a human, like listening to my actual hunger cues, like eating what I wanted. Um, I've never really been like the type of person to eat bad, quote unquote, bad. Um, I do enjoy more healthy and more whole food foods. Um, but it was just, I was getting too rigid and tedious and what I was putting in my body. So I think that was more of a struggle than the actual, like taking a step back from the training, the training I did love, but I did notice towards the end of prep, you just kind of, you have your prep blinders on and you're going into the gym, you're getting it done. You're not really, I mean, I am now more passionate about my training, but sometimes you do get in that rut of like 
you don't really want to be in the gym. You're just, you have to be in the gym, you know? So my passion for training was just shit already. And I was like, I would catch myself crying in the gym and I'm like, what, what is this? So I knew something wasn't right there. So definitely switching up just the way I was training helped, um, and helped me regain, like, just that overall, like clarity of like, okay, this is why I'm training. And at the moment it was like literally just training to like love and appreciate what my body could do. And now I feel like I'm in a good mental place to now switch to a more physique driven goal. And I think that's where people kind of get things a little twisted. They are too heavily focused on the physique goal the whole time that they forget to kind of love the process of getting to the outcome that they want. And, you know, I just had to regain that passion. So taking that step back, I knew was going to push me a few steps ahead. Um, But initially it is scary trying to like, you know, taking a step back with your eating, your nutrition, your training, but it does definitely help out in the, in the end. Do you think yeah. too, like a uh, part of it probably was like the fact that they were like, Hey, you're too big for figure. So why don't you do like WPD? And that's not what you wanted to do. Yeah. So that probably was like, great. Now I have to train another way that like, I mm-hmm. don't fucking want to be doing. Exactly. And I think that's, that really like hit me hard. It's like, I was focused so heavily on figure and even like looking at my Tampa pro shots, like I, I've always had like more developed like quads. I wouldn't say glutes because those things are taking forever to build, but my quads were always popping. And like, I just naturally had thicker legs uh, and my upper body, especially like my delts and my arms, my back's always been wide. Like I look like a linebacker year round, but like my delts and my arms, like I just couldn't get that pop 3d look. And I always felt like, I'm not really that big of a figure athlete, but I think it was clearly, it's just from how wide my top line is that that's why they kind of said, okay, women's physique is probably more up to par with your physique. And yeah, it did kind of hit me hard. Like I was like, well, that's not really what I want to do. I didn't really like the poses. I, I mean, I don't really like the heels of like that you have to wear with figure and wellness, but, um, I'll deal with it, (laughs) but yeah, the posing with women's physique just wasn't me. And I did give it a go. I mean, I tried, but like my passion just wasn't there. So it did, it did kind of suck for sure. Yeah. And especially when we're dealing with like being a women's physique athlete and having Mm -hmm. to also like use PEDs to get you to that level. Like I'm sure that probably weighed a huge part in your decision-making as well. Yeah, for sure. And I kind of touched on this on a post that I made recently, just about like choosing your category because you have to be realistic with yourself. I mean, the size and the muscle maturity from regional to national to pro league and to the the Olympia, it's going to require different protocols and people who don't see that and turn like a blind eye to it, I'm like, okay, like yeah. you need, you need to be realistic. Um, and I mean, being, keeping my femininity is very important to me. And I mean, it's totally possible. There's some beautiful women's physique athletes, some beautiful figure athletes, and they hold it well. 
it's just I I didn't know if I wanted to even try to like take that risk of pushing any PEDs. And I mean, my body is pretty responsive to low doses as is. So I wouldn't really have to push too hard, I don't think. But it was just like that initial unknown of what if I have to. And, you know, you have to be real and you have to make sure it's up to your your values and your morals as a competitor. So I think that's important too. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I definitely, yeah, agree too. Cause like you have to, not only like, yeah, you have to be realistic, but you know, for you too, like you, your heart has to be in it. Otherwise you'll exactly. be in the same boat that you were in where you're like, you started to really just not like bodybuilding and that's yeah. how to take a break. And now you're, you're like, Oh, great. Like I want to do wellness. Like this seems more, mm-hmm. more and like when you talk about it and you're, when you were like, Hey, like I'm coming back to bodybuilding, I feel more passionate. Like I can see on your face that like the way mm-hmm. you is like, so, so amazing that you found like that, that light again within you because you've switched divisions. Um, and because you're, you're now going to be an, an amazing wellness competitor, which is great. Thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely scared because there are some things with the wellness category that I'm still struggling with. Obviously I still have work to do with my physique and like fitting the criteria of wellness. Um, and we can kind of get into that where people kind of maybe skew, uh, you know, the wellness criteria. And I think, AKA you know, fat bikini. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> um, so I still have work to do and I still have many months in the off season. I don't plan on, uh, stepping on stage until summer 2024. So probably a prep start date of like January, February. So I still have a good time. Um, but definitely one thing I know I need to work on with wellness is the posing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, with figure, it's just, that's a natural, like, that's all I know is how to pose with figure. So transitioning into the wellness, um, poses has been, it's been tough. <laughs> I know I just yeah. need to practice more, but that like sex appeal, the walk, I'm like, shit. (laughs) So struggling, struggling with that. (laughs) I mean, it's nice to know that like, also like, since you're a pro, like you also struggle with these things. Cause like, I'm just starting a reverse from like a health phase, a cleanup phase. And now Mm -hmm. we're going into my, another off season. And I've been in my off season for three and a half years. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to be working with Kenny next Mm -hmm. Monday to work on posing, especially in the off season, because like I have, you know, started in bikini and then I tried to do figure and then I wanted to do wellness. And like, realistically, it's not going to happen. Like, it's just the amount of drugs I would have to use and the amount of time I would need to grow. I would not, I would be stuffing a square peg in a round hole. And it's like, listen, bikini looks best on me. Let's be realistic. So you know, I wanted to hire Kenny because again, mm-hmm. I struggle like with femininity and walking in yeah. heels and yeah. posing, but I'm like, well, I can either bitch about it and be like, oh, I just suck at it. Or I can hire one of the best people in the industry to help me with mm-hmm. it, you know? So it's like, well, yeah. let's just take it seriously and be uncomfortable and be okay with being uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm in the same position. Like my boyfriend, he, he keeps telling me that, you know, you need to practice. You just yeah. need to do it. And I do. And I am, I'm getting better at it, but I'm same boat as you. I, I know I need to kind of just pull the plug, hire somebody, help me. And, you know, it, 
even though I am a pro, you know, there's definitely things I still need to work on. And I think everybody needs to still improve, continuously improve. And I think that's where some pros get it mixed up. Like, okay, I'm a pro now, so I can just kind of stay the same. Like you still want to come back each time, like improving your physique, improving your presentation. So, and I definitely, you know, my first show next year, I want plan is to do the Tampa pro. So, you know, I think it would be cool. It's like my pro debut was the Tampa pro in 2020, come back in 2024, four years later, have some solid, you know, glutes and kill it. Yes. So <laughs> hopefully, you know, that keeps that, that goes to plan, but yo yeah. road trip, Ash, come down to Charleston and we'll road trip and we'll watch yes. Meg in Tampa. Dude, that would be awesome. I love Tampa. I'm actually looking at like trying to get a condo down there to have like yeah. a vacation home. So yes, cool. I, love, I love Tampa. I love St. Pete. Um, mm-hmm. That area is great. So let's kind of gear towards our, our topic a little bit here. I want to yes. talk about briefly just touch on the criteria for figure, the criteria for wellness and how like you essentially had to atrophy some of your muscle to get into to the wellness um, criteria, so to speak. So let's touch a little mm-hmm. bit on those areas and, and how, how you're doing with that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, with the figure criteria, you have like the V taper, you want the wide upper body and it's coming down to a V there's still structure there. Um, you still want to flow in your physique, but you're definitely more, developed in the upper body and the lats and the delts and the arms. Um, and it kind of matches the lower body, whereas wellness, I mean, just from the NPC site, I mean, it's like, it's for females with a more athletic physique. Uh, they have more body mass in the hips, the glutes and the, in the thigh region. And, you know, that's body mass, not fat mass. And we can kind of talk about that. Uh, but you know, the upper body is developed more than bikini, but definitely less than figure. Um, you know, you still want the cap delts, but you, you can't have like the striations and the separation and things. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of people do get some of the criteria twisted. I know with shoulders for me, I, since I do have a very, very wide, like top line, I do need to still train them because I do think I still need to work on the capped appearance of my delts. But so my upper body day now, it's like maybe three to four delt exercises and one back exercise and nothing to failure. I don't even break a freaking sweat. It's very boring, but you know, I had to get real with myself. Like my upper body responds pretty well to any type of hypertrophy training. So I had to just pull it down completely. And even like my, my soon to be coach, which I'll kind of keep nameless for now. Um, he even said like, you know, you could probably pull upper body completely and still be fine. But, you know, I, I kind of did that actually when I was recovering from my breast augmentation last, um, summer. And I noticed, you know, I kept, I didn't train from June, 2022 until about September of last year, upper body. And I noticed that, you know, I was getting more injured. Um, my lower body lifts were going down. Like I couldn't, 
like just couldn't hold enough weight, like axial loading, like squats, hinge movements. So I do think it is still important to, you know, stimulate the upper body muscles, still train them in some capacity, but I just had to alter it so that I'm not focusing on hypertrophy, but just focusing on just maintenance kind of. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the big thing for me with figure, I mean, some figure girls, they do have like nice glutes, but most of the times I feel like when they stand to the side, it's just like a pancake. It's just like, like real awesome conditioning, but there's no, there's no glutes. So that was a huge thing for me. I just never really trained glutes. So I had a hard time connecting well with them. And I actually didn't like training glutes at all because of it. And it was frustrating, but I know that that is something that I still need to work on. It's just like my upper glutes, just overall roundness. Um, And I'm definitely, I hate when people say, oh, I'm quad dominant because I feel like they use it as like an excuse, but I am more quad dominant. I still need to work on my hamstrings, mainly in like the shortened position. I need to train that a little more just so they have that that nice hang on the side. Um, But yeah, my training has definitely, definitely changed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What is it like mentally Mm -hmm. though? Obviously you've seen your physique between as, you know, big as women's physique, even though you didn't place well, but and then obviously women's physique and women's figure are different than women's wellness. So what Mm -hmm. has it been like mentally to see yourself getting smaller? Because we fight as bodybuilders, we fight for every fucking gram of muscle tissue. We fight for it in the gym, Mm -hmm. structure our whole lives around it with our eating, our sleep, our recovery. So what is it like to see your body just get smaller in some areas, but then also grow bigger in others? So, you know, originally, I think when I kind of hung up the heels and I noticed that my my passion for bodybuilding was kind of decreasing, I just didn't feel comfortable in my body. And I didn't actually like the compliments of like, oh, you're so like, you're so muscular and stuff like that. Like it just started getting to me. And I think it is important. I mean, you have to know as a competitor in your off season, when you are trying to improve, you have to get uncomfortable. You're going to push your body to certain levels of body fat and muscle size. You may not feel hundred percent all the time. And that is, it's a crucial part of it. Um, but I, I just didn't like how I felt like in season or off season in my body and my skin. So I knew I needed to make that change. So initially seeing my body change, like the muscle size and my upper body go down, it was like a bit of a mind fuck, but at the same time, like I, I noticed, okay, I can wear certain clothes. Now I feel more feminine. I felt happier in my own skin. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like recently, I don't know why, but I had like so many older men at the gym. It's always the old men, I swear to God. <laughs> but they're like, what What do you compete in? Women's physique, women's figure? I'm like, fuck. Because I'm over here literally like doing like five pound lateral raises. Like, <laughs> and he's like, you're so jacked. And I'm like, dang it. Like I'm trying so hard to like decrease mm-hmm. the muscle size. But for me personally, I mean, yeah, it was a bit of a little it took some time, but mentally I did feel better. I felt more confident in my skin, uh, just not carrying around so much muscle size. Um, but 
now I think it's just now getting that, um, like people still thinking I am pretty muscular in the upper body. That's kind of getting to my head. I'm like, crap, I need to decrease even more. So that kind of gets to me, but yeah, mentally. Yeah. I also think like, first of all, like men, especially older men, like still don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like they just make comments to fucking make comments. And it's like, yeah, like I'll, like I'm the smallest thing and people will be like, oh yeah. Like, what do you do? Like figure? Like, no, I don't, I don't have any fucking lats. What do you mean? Like, no, like not at all. But yeah, like I think, you know, but still it's, it's, it's hard to hear that. Cause you're like, damn, like I've been working the last. Exactly. Well, essentially the last like four years since, you know, you're yeah. totally you just trying to let this go. So yeah, I'm sure it does, does still sting a little bit, but in, in the mm-hmm. reality of it, you're like, damn, like ever mm-hmm. since then though, like I feel better. Like I feel better in the clothes mm-hmm. I'm wearing day to day. I feel better. So like just reminding yourself of yeah. that. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that was a huge thing for me is I mean, I understand like the off season, like I said, you have to get a little uncomfortable, but you should genuinely still enjoy the body that you are living in because it should be, you know, it should work out that you're spending more time in your off season. Of course, that's not the case (laughs) for many people, but you should feel comfortable at least, you know, most of the time. (laughs) So, I mean, just choosing that decision was pretty easy. Absolutely. So after switching divisions and obviously mm-hmm. training for an entirely different division, how do you feel? Do you feel more feminine now? Do you feel more in, in line with what you are wanting? Do you feel more like aligned with you, who you are, like as a female athlete representing the sport of bodybuilding? Yeah, I do. I feel much better about what I'm bringing. I think this time around, I feel more confident in it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I mean, I need to work on the posing, but I do feel like I could do very well in this division just mm-hmm. from how my body is shaping up over the past. I think it's only been like 19, 20 weeks since I started really nailing my nutrition and my training again. So just seeing my body transition that much in that little amount of time, I'm like, shit, I could do it. I can do this. So very excited. Um, but I definitely feel I am. I feel more feminine and I feel like my physique is more feminine, but it's still strong. And I think that's important. Strong is still feminine. And I love that. I think women, you shouldn't be scared of like lifting weights and, you know, the whole getting bulky thing. Like it's not going to happen. It takes forever. And then it also takes forever to get rid of that damn muscle. So like, I am proof of that. I thought it was going to like, I have clients, you probably do too. You know, they go on a one week vacation. They're like, Oh my God, I'm going to lose all my muscle. If I don't train, I'm like, it's fucking real. Like (laughs) I wish it was that easy. It's not, it's taken me four years and people still think I'm physique or figure, you know? So atrophy, it takes time. (laughs) And I mean, I was like that too. When I first, like, if I ever took like, um, like a vacation during my figure days, I was like, Holy crap. I'm going to come back frail, but Mm -hmm. it just doesn't happen like that. It doesn't happen overnight. So I think that's where people have to get, get real with it, but it's a struggle. It's definitely more up here than anything for sure. 
Yeah, that's kind of like the whole thing with bodybuilding. In fact, even coming off of vacation or even like holidays, like mm-hmm. chances are because you just decided to be a normal person, you're taking mm-hmm. kind of like what we would call a deload and you're letting all of that stress and inflammation wash off of you. So when yeah. you come back, yeah, the weights might not be moving as easily because you are mm-hmm. taking time off, but you might be more mentally motivated and disciplined to keep going. And it tends to be one of the best things for you as a bodybuilder to Mm -hmm. respect your personhood. And I know that's something that I'm trying to focus on is doing more hobbies and respecting myself as a person, because I'll always be a bodybuilder to some extent, but I won't always be a competitive bodybuilder. And it's like, it's Mm -hmm. important to respect that personhood and do hobbies and be a person outside of lifting because eventually you will hang up your posing heels in your suit for the last time. And who are you outside of that? Mm -hmm. I think that is, that's very important. Yeah, no, I agree. I was just going to touch on um, like staying out of the gym for some time and like your muscle not going anywhere. When I was in a health phase, like my coach, um, so I have, I have Hashimoto's and then I had gut dysbiosis and he pulled me from the gym for, for 16 weeks. And I was like, oh man, like I'm going to lose all this weight. I'm going to get all small. All my muscles are going to go. I'm pretty sure I gained weight the whole time. Um, I didn't lose any muscle. And then when I came back to training after 16 weeks, my threshold was so low that like ever since then I have been growing like a weed. So yeah, it's just like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, that thought process, like one week of vacation, like, no, like I took four months off and I looked exactly the same. I mean, my inflammation was down, but muscle wise, like still there because Mm -hmm. like the years of of building it, like I was lifting, you know, six years prior to, to this right now. So it was like, yeah. Like it's, it's a lot harder than you think to be like, yeah. Hey, this muscle is just going to wither away if you don't train it. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's funny. It's like, you have like the newbie competitors are like, Oh yeah, I can do a show like next week. And then you have the seasoned competitors are like, shit, I need like a three-year off season <laughs> and maybe I can do it. That's literally me right now. I'm like, Okay, I've been in the off season since 2020. I think maybe two more years and I'll be ready. Like yeah. it's it's crazy how things change. I know. I was just thinking about that like two weeks ago. I was like lifting and I was like, God damn it. Like I hate that. Like the more advanced you get, the harder it is to grow. Like it takes yeah. Years. Like yeah. not that, you know, it does obviously take effort throughout the whole thing, but it's like just to grow like that one like ounce of muscle, it like takes like forever oh, yeah. to like the newbie gains when it's just like yeah. rapid fire. You're like, wow, this is yeah. great. You could do a show in you know two weeks, and then you're oh, like, I know. Yeah, now I need like seven years to even be where I need to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you have that nice little like two three weeks of like neural adaptation, and then you grow like a weed. That was me, and then you know, then it was just like stagnant. And I was like, fuck. But I love it that now, you know, switching divisions is definitely a new challenge with my training. Mm -hmm. So definitely I I don't have newbie gains because, you know, things are moving slow, but I'm still progressing and bringing up areas that I never brought up before. So that's exciting. That's another thing. Like, you know, it was just like the change that I needed that kept like the the light going, the spark or whatever with bodybuilding for sure. Do you feel you're kind of like relearning how to train? Like it's, since it's so different, you, even you stated before, you're like, I'm, you know, I'm quad dominant and I have a hard time engaging my glutes and stuff. So for you, is it, is that exciting that you're like, oh wait, like I have to relearn how to do all of this and things are different now. Yeah, I, I really, yeah, it has been different because I kind of stuck to what I knew with lower body training and my soon to be coach, like we kind of like looked at my training 
And I was, I found myself, my, my hamstring days, I was focusing so much on like the lengthened phase that I forgot about like training my hamstrings in the shortened position. And I don't know why, like, I just couldn't get that in my head. So just switching up little variables in my training have made a huge difference. And finally learning how to actually engage my glutes. Like you think being a a woman, like we like training our legs or something like we want, everybody wants like glutes, but I just could never like feel my glutes ever. So I was just like, screw it. I'm not going to train them then. I'm just going to do heavy hack squat, heavy leg press, leg extension, curls (laughs) and call it a day. But now I'm like, I'm doing hip thrusts, like glute drives, but I now finally have the muscle in my glutes to feel mm-hmm. what I'm doing. So it, it definitely has been fun to kind of relearn, like you said, like training. It's been, it, it has been fun. That's kind of where I'm at too. Cause like I'm very like hamstring dominant. So yeah, I'm finally learning to like engage my glutes more. And mm-hmm. I've never had a coach up until my most recent coach that would review my training video. So I'm mm-hmm. over, I'm like, Oh yeah. And now it's more fun. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I can feel it. Like I can see my glutes mm-hmm. getting, you know, bigger throughout, throughout this course. And it's, it's, it's exciting, but yeah, it at first I was like, Oh, I hate hip thrusting. I used to fucking hate it. Cause I could never feel it. It never felt good. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, this is not ideal. And it made training like shitty for me. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely yeah. Same. And that's where I was at. Cause I have like a hip issue where Ash called them Tetris hips because I had a leg length discrepancy, had issues mm-hmm. with PTs and chiropractic where now they're finally like feeling good where I can train, but like my glute training is much different. And even Austin let me kind of do my new training for this growth phase. And a lot of what I'm doing is a lot of like unilateral training and contralateral yes. loading. So I can work on the upper glute, AKA glute me, glute men, because yep. like, mm-hmm. you know, you can have boxy hips, but you don't want boxy hips for bikini or wellness. You want mm-hmm. full rounded glutes, which you have yeah. to make sure your training matches that. And, you know, it's very humbling not to use a lot of weight because connection is sometimes poor, but having that better connection you're going to have that better growth and therefore you Mm -hmm. are going to be able to eventually add weight. But it's, I think a lot of competitors see, you know, people hip thrusting 305, but it's like, they might not be connecting well with the glutes. And so you want to make sure that your intent is on the right muscle group that you are trying to grow. Yeah, exactly. And that was a huge change for me too. Mm -hmm. I would always complain about, Oh, like my left quad is smaller than my right, but I would never like do anything about it. And I was like, what are you doing? But that's another thing with my glutes. I had to switch to more unilateral, like you said, contralateral loading too. And that has made a huge difference. Um, but yeah, it can be humbling and a little bit of an ego crush having to use lighter weights, but once you get up into those like rep ranges and you feel that burn, you're like, okay, all right. The ego can take a seat because this shit is working. So it's definitely a change, but I I've been loving it. So I personally like the fact that like, I've had to go down in weight because of that. And now Mm -hmm. like, like, I used to, you know, hip thrust, whatever it was, um, with really shitty form. So now my goal is to get to that same weight, but with like impeccable form, engagement, executing like effectively. And like, that is like an exciting goal for me. Cause it's like, yeah, you continuing to progress like in your yeah like maybe the weight had to go down for you to get that engagement but now you're going to have that weight back up there at some point but it's mm-hmm. going to be 
top notch. And those booty cheeks are going to be yeah. so Yes. I yes. <laughs> like <laughs> that's what we want. So it is exciting Absolutely. because now you can set like milestones again in your training. Uh, you don't feel like stuck in it anymore. Like you're, you're not starting over from, you know, square one, but you're just challenging yourself more. And I think sometimes as we advance in our lifting, like we're like, okay, so what do I do now? Like, I'm just kind of like staying the course. So it is kind of fun to switch up your training like this for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of like, what are the next steps for you in terms of like competing and being an ambassador for the sport. Cause I think you are an absolute wonderful ambassador, not only for the sport of bodybuilding, but also for female bodybuilding because of how freaking real you are. But what's next for you in terms of your competitive career? And then maybe even also like personal goals, coaching goals, personhood goals. I got a lot. <laughs> um, so like I said, I'm, I'm going to be starting to work with a coach here probably in July. I'm going to start working with him. Um, haven't had a coach since 2020, so I've been just doing my own thing. Um, but I think it's time, you know, I do want to make a career out of competing. And I do think that I, I finally have the confidence to say, I think I can do that. I think I can make it to the top with, um, you know, bodybuilding. And I finally, that, Honestly, I want to shit myself saying that, but I think I definitely can. I have the potential and I have also the work ethic to back up my potential. So I'm going to be doing that. Uh, so, you know, the plan is definitely stay in my off season for the rest of 2023, potentially into the first coming months of 2024. And then, like I said, hit the Tampa Pro probably as my debut in wellness there's another Florida show that I'll probably be doing as well within July, August time. And then I do want to do an international show as well, just because, you know, why not? YOLO. <laughs> yeah. So fun. But yeah. And I mean, definitely with chiropractic, I'm, eh, you know, it kind of sucks, but, you know, I went through the schooling and I got my doctorate. I did love chiropractic, but I do feel like there are gaps within that industry or um, field. I just think that they, the people that rely on chiropractic that I've seen personally, like uh, within the clinic and the clinic setting is they are relying too heavily on the adjustment and not focusing on their lifestyle outside of that five minutes that they're in the clinic. So that adjustment's not going to do much for you. So that's why I'm focusing more on my coaching career, helping people from the inside out rather than racking and cracking people and, you know, sending them on their way. I just haven't found, felt that like passion for chiropractic. I mean, I'm still, I'm practicing it. I do part-time at a PI clinic here in Tampa and it's all right, but, you know, I get more joy from helping people in my coaching. And I'm just deciding to go, you know, full on with coaching. And finally, I'm also finally confident in that decision. So definitely a huge career change, but I'm excited for it. That's awesome. And yeah, preach on the people who don't do shit outside. Cause I'm a nurse for the ER and it's the same thing. It's like, Hey, yeah. I told you last week and we told you like what to do while you were at home to get better. And I know you didn't do it. And now yeah. here you are. Mm-hmm. 
it. So yeah, I mean, that's, it's frustrating. And like you said, it kind of gets exhausting. You don't have the passion because it feels like, Hey, what am I, what am I doing? Right. Mm -hmm. You're coaching and you're teaching people the habits and educating them and you see them actually doing these things. So you have satisfaction of, Oh yeah. Like, okay, cool. Like we're taking the steps. So like you continue to get better rather than like me just fixing one thing for you and see ya, see again, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of just what I felt like I was doing with chiropractic. I still have a huge respect for chiropractic. I think it, (laughs) it does serve a purpose for sure. Um, just me personally, my passion for it is it's just not there as it is coaching, uh, like fitness, bodybuilding, it's just not there. So I'm just kind of, you know, taking a step back with it. I'm very proud of myself for getting a doctorate. I'm still going to have my doctorate, even if I don't actively practice, it's still an accomplishment, you know, going through school, I definitely learned some things that I do implement into my coaching. Um, and I'm continually improving my education around coaching. So very excited for my, my future with it. Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Megan, Dr. IFBB Pro, God, what a freaking title, man. I would milk that for everything that is worth it. Thank you so much for your time today and coming on the podcast and just kind of sharing with us, not only just being vulnerable with your, you know, your femininity and what it's like to atrophy, but Mm -hmm. just thank you so much for your time and just sharing your your life story with us. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, it was my pleasure. This was a great time. Thank you. Ash, 2024, road trip to Tampa. Let's do it. Absolutely. Oh, I'm excited. (laughs) <laughs> oh, let's do it. All right, guys. Until next time, we'll see ya. Peace. Bye. Bye.